From my dining table or my living room couch, and sometimes even my bedroom, this is Soon to Be Esquire, the podcast. I'm your host, Madison Tory. Hey everyone, my name is Madison Tory, and thank you once again for listening in on another episode of Soon to Be Esquire. On this episode of Soon to Be Esquire, I have a very special treat for you all. Another interview with a very, very important person, someone with a different perspective, and I'm so excited for you all to hear from him. Um, So I'm just going to have our guest go ahead and introduce himself. Hello, everybody. My name is Arian Renigel Lewis. Most people call me RJ. I'm now a 1L at Mississippi College School of Law in Jackson, Mississippi. I graduated from Dillard University in New Orleans in May. So that's exciting. I'm originally from Mississippi and I chose to come back home from law school. I'm so happy for you, RJ. Like you're in law school. You're doing the thing. You are doing the thing. Thank you so much. And it's crazy. Like every time we talk about it, it's still crazy to think about that. Like this is really here and this is our experience. So, I mean, I'm happy to be here and it's going pretty good so far. That's so good. I know. I guess sometimes I know a lot of us can get caught up in like ugh, all the amount of work and everything, but then just having to sit back and like, oh my goodness, this has been my goal for such a long time. I really made it here. You know what? That's awesome. So give yourself a pat on the back every now and then. <laughs> so y'all, we're going to hop right into the questions for the interview. And I can't wait for you all to listen in on what RJ has to share with you all. So RJ, I know this is a question you are most likely familiar with. Um, Mrs. Kimbra, the pre-law advisor at Dillard University, you know, she always asks us this question and she tells us this should be our motivating factor. So what is your why? You know, why do you want to become an attorney? Okay. Yeah, you are absolutely right. That is the million dollar question. (laughs) I was one of the people that grew up saying, like, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a lawyer. And I just kind of always knew that I would go to law school, even not knowing exactly how I would use the degree when I got it. I knew that I wanted to go to law school. Mm -hmm. And I guess my why was just a love of learning and like this system that was in place to give you freedom, but at the same time, protect you from infringing on others. And so I think I just kind of appreciated that growing up. And I guess like getting older, I really realized that I like listening to people Mm -hmm. and I like being kind of the middle person and the person is like, well, stuff is not always right or wrong. And I feel like a lot of times in the law, you are dealing with gray area. And so I think that this is a good area for me to really play in that and kind of really push the envelope sometimes and like really trying to find the best answer for everybody and not always trying to get your point fully across Mm -hmm. and so after I actually get my degree I think I want to work in in our own family matters and education education reform in some aspects we like just want to be in education period I think that everything starts at home and so Mm -hmm. adoptions divorces child custody all that kind of stuff has an effect on everything that you do outside of the home And I just want to kind of put people in the best situation or as much as I can, because people are going to do what they want to do regardless, but just help out in any way I can. And I want to work in education some kind of way. And ultimately, I want to be a judge. Okay. 
Okay, Judge Lewis. <laughs> Let's claim it. Yes. So hearing some of your goals, you know, with your career aspirations, what are some of the goals that you have for the semester now? Like, you know, going into your 1L year, what are some of the goals that you thought, okay, for the semester, this is what I want to accomplish? So my goals for the semester are first to survive and just really put myself in the best position I can academically. I know that the first semester grades are super important. And so I want to get involved. I want to join some organizations and eventually start doing some student attorney work. But for the semester, my number one goal is to just make sure that I'm doing everything that I can to put myself in the best position I can academically, but at the same time, take care of my mental health and still socialize and such. Oh my goodness, that's so important. Yes, mental health. Like, of course, the number one priority is, you know, doing the best that you can academically. But I mean, coming in and having all of the responsibility and the pressures of everything and these expectations of completing a bunch of work and having to turn it in so quickly. Um, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. So definitely keeping that mental health aspect is so important because you definitely can have a good time um, while in law school still too. So it's, it's definitely a possibility. So your goals now, like you coming in with the goals, have they changed at all? Maybe with, you know, obviously academics being your priority, but possibly like, was there a specific percentage that you wanted to be in once the semester was over? Has that changed or has maybe your involvement with wanting to join organizations changed at all? Yeah, it has changed. I think at first I thought I would, I said that I wasn't going to get involved at first, but I kind of felt like when stuff started coming around, I was going to jump into it. So they have changed. I know last week we had uh, elections for the 1L representative, and I didn't go for it. And so that's kind of something I thought about. I was like, hmm, maybe I could do it. You know, I did a lot of stuff at Diller. Maybe I can find time for it. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I went back to the thing of this is not undergrad, and I need to focus Good. as far as a certain ranking percentage. I'm not trying to focus on that too much right now, just because I know that'll stress me out even more. I think here the top 10, and probably in most schools, but the top 10% of the class get invited to law review. And then of course you can do a write-on. So that would be great. But if it happens, it'll be great. It'll be a blessing. But if not, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's definitely not. I know I have some specific goals and throughout the semester um, of my first semester, I was stressing about it so much. Like, okay, everything I do, every single moment, I need to be making that uh, what I do is goes towards that goal. And I was stressing about it too much. I was obsessing about it too much. It was, it was a lot. It was not healthy. But I'm glad that you've already recognized like, okay, you know what? This is the priority if, you know, God lets it happen, so be it. But yeah, that's amazing, RJ. So with your goals that you have, has it also changed with online learning? Like how has that impacted you? I'm not exactly sure what Mississippi College is doing, but um, I know for most law schools, basically everything is online now. So we're kind of in a hybrid model. So I have class on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, I have the same classes. Of those classes, I have one class that's fully online, 
And then every other week I have a full day of taking all four of my classes online. So it's good because we, we are still in person a good bit, but at the same time, that day where you're fully online is weird. And so you have to make sure that you are taking the extra step to focus and not just say, I can slack off on this day because I'm not actually in person because you aren't usually on call on those days. But I don't, I don't think that's changed my goals exactly, but I think it has forced me to start now putting in extra work to focus and just re constantly remind myself to pay attention and take the extra step because of how easy it can be to fall mm -hmm. behind when you don't have somebody in your face telling you that you need to focus on these certain days. Right. It's definitely that accountability aspect for me, too. It's it can be so hard doing a, yeah. a lot of this on your own, like being having I have all of my classes online and I just okay. got kind of used to that. I'm like, OK, I'm paying attention now. But like the reading and briefing cases, all of that, I have to be in the library for that. I just have to. I'm too That's comfortable true. at home. <laughs> Interesting. So how do they. Are y'all still on call? I guess, too, uh, you kind of know what you're doing a little bit more, so they're probably more lenient. But, like, how does that really work? Yeah, so um, there are some classes that are in person. So um, it depends on, I guess, what elective you have or students they're able to opt in or opt out, whatever they're comfortable with. But um, for those who have it online, there might be some professors who do, like, the pre-recorded lectures, but then there's other professors who have live classes. And so we'll have it through Zoom, which is how all of my classes are, except for one of them. Um, mm -hmm. It's all live through Zoom. So it's still like with the on, you know, on call, everything like that. They'll call on students and you just have to be ready because you really don't know. And I think it's yeah. kind of better doing the cold calling that way, just because it is so easy for a student to just swipe. And next thing you know, they're online shopping. I'm like, okay, no, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it you can be tempted but I after the what the third week now yeah I, I got used to it so I found my groove last week which is amazing but okay good. Oof, yeah the whole online thing is not for me at all but I'm I'm props to you so you know coming in were your expectations as a 1L met of what you thought law school would be or has you know kind of this like pandemic changed it with some of the like limitations that you might have that was one of my biggest concerns specifically the social aspect I just didn't really want to be here and have to fully focus on work but not be able to interact with any of my classmates because we're in a time where people literally don't or in some ways shouldn't want to be around each other but I think that I think the school has done a pretty good job and the majority of people here understand what's going on and have a similar mindset. And so I would say so far my expectations, I just have been met as much as they can because part of me started to temper my expectations, you know, since March. And so I guess when I, when everything first started, I kind of knew that, you know, the world wasn't going to be the same at least for the next few months. And so I think that with what I had already kind of come to expect, I think that they have met those expectations. That's really good. 
that's amazing that they kind of continued that. I know there's all the schools out here are trying so hard to kind of keep things as normal as possible with normal being in quotation marks. I guess our new normal. Oh, goodness. I can't wait for it to be over. Honestly, no, I want to kind of backtrack a bit and look to kind of how you got here. So I'm sure our listeners want to know a bit more about you. So talk to us a bit about your undergraduate experience and your application process to get to where you are now. Okay. So I went to Dillard, loved Dillard, fell in love with it the first time I stepped on campus. And the past four years were amazing. I really couldn't imagine being anywhere else for undergrad, and I couldn't imagine where I would be had I not gone to Dillard, mainly because of so many of the great people I met there. So I came in knowing I wanted to go to law school. I first met Ms. Kimbrough when I did my tour before I came there. And so when I got back, I think the first event I remember going to was I Know What You Did Last Summer which was a panel, I think you might've been on that panel actually, but it was a panel. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and they slash y'all just kind of talked about the summer experiences. And I didn't do a summer experience that summer, but I knew that that would be something that I, I wanted to and needed to do um, before mm-hmm. I graduated. And so I got through that freshman year, good GPA, which was the main focus because Ms. Kimber again emphasized that the GPA is the main thing you need to worry mm-hmm. about freshman year, LSAT, prep, all that stuff will come down the road. So I started off with a pretty good GPA. Sophomore year, I, what did I do sophomore year? Spring semester, sophomore year, I got a job at the Louisiana Supreme Court working in the office of the clerk of court. And that was great. I, looking back, I probably could have done more with that experience just being in the Supreme Court, I probably should have spent more time up there just really learning how the court operates and just really enjoying all of it. But it was still a really great experience seeing how stuff was supposed to be filed in the court and just learning little tips and tricks. And that next summer, I did the Foundation to Lead program, which was the precursor to the big LSAT prep program, which is the lead program, LSAT prep and application support. So I did that program. Um, The next few months, we got into the application cycle for the actual lead program. Did that. I did LSAT prep from January through May of junior year. Took the LSAT once in June. Was it June? Yeah, I did take the June because it was the last fully paper one. And thank God I got the score I needed that one time. So mm-hmm. from there, I've shifted straight into working on my personal statement. And that summer, I think it was July, when I started reaching out to the professors that I knew I wanted to do my recommendation. And I sent them an email saying, you know, hey, we're finally here. I'm getting ready to start applying for applying. So I'll follow up with more details later on. And then August came back around. And by this point, my personal statement was kind of coming together a little bit more. And so I sent them a list of all my information, my scores and all that good stuff. And then I sent them a a quick memo saying, this is why I think I want to go to law school. These are some of the things I'm highlighting in my personal statement. You know, thank you again. And I'm honored to have you write my recommendation. 
And so did that. I think I sent the first application off altogether in September, October. So all fall semester and into the spring semester with applications. I actually didn't decide where I wanted to go for sure until whenever decision day was. I think that was in April. That's when I fully decided. But throughout the process, I was truly blessed to get through the application process as smoothly, quote unquote, as I did. But <laughs> I applied to seven schools. I got into all seven with scholarships. Yes, come on. I think three full ride offers, one that was around seventy five and the rest were at least half tuition. So I truly give glory to God. And I thank Ms. Kimbrough, Dean Gino Ray, Jutavi was my mentor, and everybody that had a hand in that process because it was truly, it wasn't as stressful as I imagined, but it was busy and it was just good to have people that had gone through the process Mm -hmm. that could kind of help me stay on track and remind me that everything was going to work out. Yes, that is so important. Just having people around you to surround you and say, okay, you know what? It is possible. What you want to achieve is possible. Getting a full ride is possible. That is amazing. Okay. Seven for seven, all scholarships. Come on now. That is amazing. Honestly, truly a time. It's like, who would have thought coming in freshman year that I (laughs) would have been in the place I was? But I mean, I guess that's a testament that things can work out if you trust the process. It definitely is. So I want to ask you, how did you choose the law school that you're at right now? How did you choose Mississippi College? Like, what was the motivating factor for you? So I always kind of knew that I wanted to come home long term. I wasn't just in a position that I was like, you know, I got to come back to Mississippi right after undergrad. And it really came down to coming here or, you know, going somewhere, coming back home or going somewhere else. And so I liked MC because of the family atmosphere. This was, I think I came to MC two or three times before I actually committed, but it was always a nice environment. I mean, it's Mississippi, so it felt homey. Um, The money played a huge factor. And it really came down to what I felt would put me in the best position now and long term. Like I turned down some big name schools and schools that were once my dream school, but it Mm -hmm. really came down to not being in as much debt, quite honestly, (laughs) especially like, cause I want a clerkship right out of school and I don't really want to go the corporate route. And so I knew that if I'm thinking of going into areas that won't make as much starting out, then, you know, it probably would be better to be in the lower debt range. And then my family has done so much to help me be in a good position financially that I wanted to make a smart decision Mm -hmm. to kind of not put extra pressure on them. But yeah, it just really came down to what I thought would put me in the best position now and long-term it wasn't just a safe choice, but you know, law schools all offer something. And I thought mm-hmm. that MC would offer me the most and help me be comfortable with the time that we're in right now, because I had to make my school decision in a time where the world was going up in flames. 
And so yeah. it just seemed to all fall into place. Definitely. You know, like you were saying, every law school has such a different purpose for each student that picks it. I know for me, my motivating factor in picking the law school was money. I was like, mm, yeah. that that debt does not sound good to me. <laughs> like, it just does not. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to pay anybody back. I don't, it, no, okay. Honestly, and truly, <laughs> that's something, I think that's something Miss. It was either Miss Kimber or my mentor to take and tell me. It was like, look, these schools sound nice, but you know, once you go through it for those three years, when Sally May or whoever starts calling, they're gonna be looking for you, they're not gonna be looking for the people okay. who told you to go to this school or the people you were trying to make proud by going to a certain school. So mm. you really gotta make the decision that's going to make you happy because you have to live with it regardless. You just said a whole word right there, okay? They are not about to be looking for the people who you're trying to impress by going to a certain school. They're not going to be looking for your mama, for your daddy. They are there for you, okay? So it'll say, Madison Tori owes this much, okay? Nobody is going to be paying that except you. Oof. Honestly. It's just too, that, it's too big of a bullet to swallow to spend so much. Oof. Ooh, I just, I know I couldn't do it. I'm so happy that you're not doing it. Amen. That is amazing. I'm so happy for you. Oh, my goodness. So now, you know, you've had a few weeks in law school. How are you adjusting to your classes? Do you feel like, okay, I'm able to handle some of the responsibility and the expectations that my professors have for me? Um or are you thinking, okay, you know what? This is a lot more than I expected. Maybe I need the weekend to get gather myself and gather my thoughts. So overall, I'm taking it day by day, sometimes minute by minute, just really trying to process every minute and every second of being in the class. Overall, I think I'm doing pretty good. And I actually took this summer, or I took a summer course, summer civil procedure, and so I'm thankful that I did kind of get a glimpse of everything before I really jumped into it. But at the same time, that was one class compared to the full course load now. So I'm trying to make small adjustments and remember that just because something worked then doesn't mean it's going to work now. But mm-hmm. overall, I think I am doing pretty good. You know, I live by my planner now. I just got a new passion planner. <laughs> day, so. Passion I- planner. Hey. <laughs> Yes, I love it. I got the smaller one this time, but it is working for it. Now I think I want to go back to the big one, though. Yeah, Miss Kimber, she got me on that. <laughs> honestly, I'm making it, though. It's, some classes are better than others. I don't want to say easier, but some classes I do understand mm-hmm. quicker, and it's just kind of like reinforcing stuff. And then some is spending more time now not to have to cram at the end. At the same time, we've got midterms coming up next week. Right. And so it's kind of like there are two classes that I know I need to focus on for these tests. But at the same time, I don't need to get behind. But then again, mm-hmm. this is now and I will still have time. And then legal writing finishes a little bit earlier. And so oh, it's kind of so like. so good. Yes. So if I do kind of, you know, put more effort into some classes now, I'll have more time when that's done to kind of make up other ones mm-hmm. wow you guys are already having midterms Oof! wow yeah. that is happening so fast oh Honestly, my god 
and they keep emphasizing we're on this compressed schedule and you know we're in class eight yeah. to four but you do have a full off day so I mean I think that they that's one of the things I'm glad about too they are being understanding and showing us some grace and being willing to work with us and it's like mm-hmm. yes this is this is new for them but it's, it's completely new for us and so right. I do thank them for being so understanding right that is really good so I know you mentioned this summer that you took some civil procedure course. What did you do for this previous summer right before you started at MC? So it's really weird because technically in a in a way summer started in March once we got once we had to leave New Orleans. And so yeah. I was just pretty much at home then finishing up classes and the work that I was doing with the lead program. So after I officially graduated, I just laid around the house for the most part, played some games, <laughs> and I tried to, you know, do some reading and kind of start trying to prepare myself for law school. At the same time, I knew that there was no way I was going to be able to, you know, fully prepare, and so I didn't just want to stress myself out and be burnt out by the time the summer class started. Yeah. So, and I'm, I still stay at the house with my parents too. So. We remodeled my room just to make it a little bit more adult. So that was fun. But it was a lot of just laying around and trying to mentally prepare for it, mm-hmm. mentally, personally, but not so much academically because I didn't want to, you know, throw myself off by thinking I could do right. it. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I know the summer before I entered uh, my one on year, I. I did absolutely nothing. And I purposefully did absolutely, like, absolutely nothing. I wanted to enjoy myself because just from being surrounded with law students, lawyers, and judges, them telling me their experience, I said, okay, I know I don't want to be consumed in that. I, right. I need to relax. But then also, um, I was told that I should read during the summer. So I read some books that I enjoyed, um, mm-hmm. which kind of helped with my speed. But I definitely was still slow at first, the first few weeks. I was definitely <laughs> slow. Mm-mm. Not used to it at all. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out the best way to read cases. I mean, of course, it's different reading a case for torts compared to reading one for civil procedures. So right. it's just, I guess, trial and error in some ways. But it is a lot of reading. That's one thing they tell you about it. It's a lot of reading. <laughs> and it's a completely different reading. I mean, I, I don't think I said it earlier, but I majored in English. So, you know, I did right. plenty of reading, but it is completely different. Now, do you think that helps you at all in some of the classes that you're taking now, the fact that you majored in English? Like, do you think you might have a bit of advantage over some other students that typically went the political science, pre-law, criminal justice route in undergrad? I think it has pros and cons. I'm used to writing some things that are kind of lengthy. So mm-hmm. I think it helps when, cause I'm used to being able to sit down and force myself to type out three to four to five pages sometimes, which is feel short to some people, but I mean, for the average hypo answer we're doing so far, that's okay. But at yeah. the same time, I'm used to doing flowery writing. And so when mm-hmm. it gets down to doing the facts of a case or the analysis, like they don't care about that. And so I'm constantly right. having to, think back and say okay you're not writing an analysis or you're not writing a literary analysis you're writing a legal analysis mm-hmm. and so I think that might be a that might that might be a con it's just having to readjust 
but I do, I am glad I majored in English because I'm used to reading some dense things. I'm used to being able to force myself to sit down and type. So there are mm-hmm. some pros too. Yeah, I think it's so funny though, because like our personal statement that we use to, you know, get into law schools along with our application, we add that flowery language and we add all the detail. And then right when we start, they're like, uh-uh, get to the point. I need you to cut this out, cut that out. Your paper is full of all this red lining. I'm like, oh, okay. I th- I didn't think I was the best writer, but man. But now they're oh, like, uh, this could be three sentences. I'm like, okay. It's like, you give okay. me a four-page fact pattern, but I can't give you a page of a fact. So I'm kind of right, but hey. You'll get used to it. <laughs> but now all I do is write in that structure, like this Iraq structure. I'm like, okay, this is the issue. Let me tell you the background. Uh, let me give you some rule. All right. This is how you're going to apply it. <laughs> I cannot wait to get to that point. I'm, I mean, I'm good on the, or I don't want to say good, but I kind of understand the rule and explanation section. But again, when it gets down to that analysis section, it's like, a, mm-hmm. all right, you need to, work on that but I I mean I know I can do it and I got y'all that I can call on for things that we can talk about so yes excited to get there yes what are you most looking forward to like not just for this semester but you know really for the rest of your law school journey I'm looking forward to growing and just building a real community here and not recreating that Diller experience, but I do want to have a certain school pride and I do want to have a close-knit community here. Those are two things that I really, really loved about Diller and I wanted to make sure I went yeah. to a law school where I had the chance of recreating that. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how I change over the next three years and I guess how I start thinking like a lawyer but at the same time, learning how to turn that off and still be a, I don't still be somebody who can maneuver in society without constantly thinking about how we can improve it in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. So, with the position that you're in right now, with the mindset that you have, with you know a few weeks of classes in, is there any piece of advice that you would give to someone? who aspires to go to, you know, law school sometime soon? I'll say trust the process and remember that everything is going to work out as it should. So, yes, there are some steps that you can actively take to put yourself in the best position as far as undergrad GPA, LSAT prep, and involvement. But at the same time, you don't want to stress yourself out to the point that you get burnt out and start constantly psyching yourself out. So I would just say, just really trust the process and take it all one step at a time, one day at a time. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. sayings is day by day, minute by minute, second by second sometimes. So if you get overwhelmed, slow down, understand that you are going through whatever situation it is for a reason and that you can make it to law school. And once you get there, you can succeed because plenty of people have done it before you and you are more than capable of it. Yes. That is my biggest reminder all the time. I'm like, okay, I am not the first person who did this. They have done it before. They have done it flawlessly. Come on. It it can be done. I can do it too. But yes, live in the moment for sure. 
oh my gosh, that all of that was amazing. I know sometimes we can get caught up with everything that we want to accomplish and like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. But then at the same time, it's like, you know what, let me sit in this and really acknowledge the fact that, okay, I'm here doing what I've always wanted to do. Let me accept this and really absorb and take in everything that I'm supposed to. Amazing. Exactly. We get so caught up with like looking ahead that you really forget to enjoy the moment. Like run your race and don't think about mm-hmm. anybody else. Just do what you can do. And as long as you're doing your best, you have something to be proud of. Okay. You know what? I wish I was like, in, I wish I had the mindset you did last year because I was too worried about what everyone else around me was doing. Like you, you, you got it. What? I cannot um, wait to hear um, about you after this semester. I cannot wait. You know, it is much easier said than done, but you gotta just take it one day at a time. And I mean, stressing about what somebody else is understanding before I did isn't going to fully help me grasp it, so. So true, so true. So where can our listeners connect with you um, on any social media? So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at erlewis2 underscores, and you can find me on LinkedIn at Lewis. Just find the Instagram or the Twitter, and it'll tell you how to spell it, because I know it sounds. <laughs> oh goodness. So last question um for the interview is what has been your biggest influence so far or who has been your um biggest influence in your law school journey? So the biggest influence has been constantly having people pour into me, whether it be family, mentor, Friends, I guess this is where I specifically shout out again, Miss Kimbrough for constantly being there for everything. She makes it sound so casual, but I I think any of us will say that the work that she does is amazing, and we have to Mm -hmm. have we have to take every chance we can to really give her her props because she does great stuff. Um, and then just knowing that people are pouring into me with the expectation that I would do the same thing for others and so I'm just constantly inspired and motivated by knowing that people see potential in me and I have a purpose in being in the rooms that I walk into which is now law school so yeah I'm just inspired and influenced by knowing that I'm here for a reason and that if I just keep taking it day by day one day I have the tools needed to make the change that I want to see in the world. Oh my goodness, that's that's amazing! Like I, I cannot wait to see you in a few months, in the next year, in the next two years, and as a judge, because you are going like claim it. Come on, you know, it's just like at Dillard, we got big shoes to fill because your class is yeah. amazing stuff. And I mean, it's like I'm here, but you are <laughs> here, and you are already flourishing. And so, just really have to shout out to y'all too. Y'all are laying the foundation and just letting us know that we can do it for sure it is capable i just love seeing love seeing us do it like that's <laughs> that's amazing to me <laughs> honestly and truly well rj thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and letting me just interview you and sharing your experiences with everyone listening i 
I know that, you know, you sharing your story and your whole process on how you got to where you are now and where you want to go is definitely going to inspire someone to do the same. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And again, if anybody listening has any questions or if there's anything that I can personally do, please don't hesitate to reach out. I can try my best. And if not, you know, we'll try to point you in the direction of somebody that can help you because we do need to constantly increase mm-hmm. diversity in the legal profession. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Soon to Be Esquire. Be sure to make sure you follow RJ, you follow the Soon to Be Esquire page, not only on Instagram, but now on Twitter. Once again, thanks for listening. And I can't wait for you all to be back, not next week, but the week after that for another episode of Soon to Be Esquire, the podcast.